Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Still in the series, Prepare. And uh, today I'll be talking about Builder. And as I just mentioned, we've been talking about the plumb line. The plumb line keeps the walls vertical. Is your spiritual wall vertical? <laughs> Christ is the plumb line. He's the cornerstone. He's the builder. So I want, you to, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want to ask you this question. Are you yielding your life to the Lord? All right, close your eyes now. This is multiple choice, all right? So you're going to get a choice here. But, and I don't want you to answer out loud, but I just want you to, to take some time to, to reflect on this question. Are you, yielding to, uh, are you yielding your life to Jesus? Now, as you consider this, you may be thinking, well, can you clarify that question a little more? Yes, I can. Are you yielding your life to Jesus? All of it. So here's, here's the first selection. Well, maybe. Your, your answer may be, well, maybe. Or am I yielding my life to Jesus? Yes, I am. I'm submitting all of my life to him. Or it may be that your answer is, well, honestly, no, I'm not. Because there are areas in my life that I'm not making room for him in. There's areas of my life where I'm not yielding to him. So, you know, I just want you to be honest. You know, the Lord is speaking to you. You know about your relationship with Him if you're yielding to Him. Okay, you can open your eyes now. So have, have we made uh, the Lord the general contractor in our life? Or is He a subcontractor? <laughs> that we can, uh, you know, uh, you're not doing too good over there. I'm good. I've got this. Are you allowing the Master to design the Master's plan for your life? You guys are really quiet today. I know I'm pushing on some buttons here, but we need to be real about this relationship with Him. Um, you know, we're seeking the Lord and developing a master plan for the building and for our property out, out there that we have. And we should be doing the same for our lives, saying, Master, what is your master plan for my life? Because that's more important than a building or a piece of property. We can, have, we can have good ideas, but what we need are God's ideas. Because not every good idea is a God idea. <laughs> we need to know what the Lord is saying to us. Because what may be good for somebody may not be good for us. Or maybe even what was good for us at one point in time may not be God's purpose and plan for us. In yielding to the Lord, we don't choose what we are. We simply choose whose we are. Isaiah is speaking to the Lord in Isaiah 64, 8. And he says, And yet, O Lord, you are the Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. So I have a little demonstration. Don't judge me, okay? I, don't, I didn't do this, this good, but okay. So, but I want you to get a visual here. Which way does the head go? Okay, let's put this on here. 
And uh, again, I just kind of threw this together this morning. Oh, oh, oh my. You lost your head. Let's stay on there and let's get your other leg on. Okay, so he is the potter, we're the clay. Hopefully you won't lose your head, all right? <laughs> well, let's read on here. In, uh, so let me just reiterate. And, and yet, O oh Lord, you are the, you are the Father, you are the clay, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all for by your hand. God has created all of us individually. Aren't you so glad that everybody's not like me? <laughs> I'm glad that we're not all like me. I would kill everybody, probably. But look, just look around the room. Just take a, a couple of minutes and look around the room. And, and God has created all of us individually. We're perfectly and wonderfully made. And God didn't design you to be like somebody else. He designed you to be you. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, the writer says... For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. God has provided everything. He's given us breath so that we can build. He's given us everything that we need. So my first point is, are you yielding your life to Jesus? My second point is, Christ is a solid foundation. And Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and, and he's ta telling them about somebody else that he's working with. And he says, and he's talking about Apollos, who is, is ministering, going out and sharing the Word of God. And they're working together in unity, building God's kingdom. And he says, one, pl one person plants the seed, another person may water the seed, but it's God who makes the seed grow. And that is the most important part. But as we work together, to share the hope and the love of Christ and share the word of God with those that don't know him. We're working together to build God's kingdom and then God will do supernatural things in their lives, in our lives. What matters most is God's part. It's important that we work together as the body of Christ. Because if, if we lose our arm, we can't be as effective, certainly if we lose our head. <laughs> so don't lose your head. And hang on to your arm. And so we work together in unity. And, and uh, Paul goes on to say here, uh, did I skip a scripture? I think I did. For we, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 uh, through 14, for we are both God's workers. He's talking about him and Apollos. And you are God's field. He's saying, hey, we're investing into you. You are the field. And you are God's building. God is building us. God is doing amazing things through our lives when we yield to him. So that's why I said, let's really take stock in this first question. Are you, are you yielding to the Lord? Are you really yielding to him? Um, verse 10, because of God's grace to me, Paul says, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. So a couple of things I want to talk about in the scripture. Paul is giving credit to the Lord. He's saying, because of what you've imparted into me and because you've enabled me, I am laying a foundation like an expert builder. He's giving credit to the Lord. And then the next thing I want to say is whenever the Lord is in the mix and we're doing uh, uh, his work according to his plans, he does amazing things. And that's why, you know, we need to seek him and say, Master, what is your master plan for me? 
because we need his direction and guidance and leading. Paul goes on to write in 1 Corinthians 3.10, Now others are building on it. They're building on this foundation. So we need to ensure that we are laying a godly foundation. What foundation are we laying for our children, our spouse, our grandchildren, our neighbors, our co-workers? Are we laying a godly foundation? Because people are watching us. And if our foundation is, is not secure, if it's not founded on Christ, if we don't keep Him as the plumb line and the cornerstone, we can get off. And it not only affects our life, but it, it will affect and impact other lives as well. He goes on to write in verse 10, Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. So are we being careful with what God has given us? What God has entrusted to us? If Christ is replaced as the foundation, beware. We can start off saying Christ is the foundation of my life and then begin to deviate or we can begin to change that foundation in our life. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already we already have, Jesus Christ. He is the foundation for our lives. He's the foundation for the church. He's the only hope in the world today. <laughs> Verse 12. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. So he is the foundation, but what are we building on that? Are we just bringing some stuff, or are we bringing our best? Are we building on that foundation with the best that we have to offer? And please hear me, I'm not talking about performing. I'm talking about yielding to him. I'm talking about honoring God. Are we building on that foundation with the best that God has given us? Are we building with gold and silver? Are we just throwing some wood and some hay on there? Because what we're building is important. It has eternal value, not only for us, but for others. Every church has a common call. Jesus said before he ascended to heaven in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you know it. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what did he say? Teach. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you, and now that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. So that is the mandate. That is the mission for the church, the body of Christ, all of us. But also, every church has a unique call. Because when, and I've shared this with you before, when God called us to start Life Fellowship, I'm like, why do you need another church, God? Probably 50 churches in a five-mile radius. Why do, why do you need another church? And so what I've come to understand is that every church has its own sort of mantle. Every pastor is different. Every church congregation is different. Uh, the Lord is doing different things in different churches. Now we're all part of the body. So we may, oop, I almost lost your arm again. So we may be part of the arm. We may be a finger or a toe, but we're still all part of his body. Let me read on here in verse 13. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. 
So we're going to be accountable for what we build on the foundation of Christ. It's going to be judged. And and let me be clear here. He's talking about what are we building on the foundation of our lives? What are we what are we building on what God has given us stewardship over? Uh, he's not talking about judgment of salvation. When we come to Christ and we say, Lord, I give you my life, I receive you, and, and when we yield to him, we have salvation. So he's not talking about salvation. He's talking about rewards in heaven. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Okay, wait a minute. Let's look at the scripture again. The fire will show what? If a person has value, no. Because we have value. We are God's prized possession. We are his masterpiece. We are his handiwork. But it says the fire will show if a person's work has any value. So what are we doing? Are we working for the Lord? Are we giving him our best? Are we just giving him some leftovers? If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Do you understand? I think you do. There are rewards in heaven for those that are obedient. Our rewards are based on our obedience. We should not compare ourselves with others. Listen, I have a role as a senior pastor that you don't have. Okay? And so you can't do my role, but I can't do your role either. You have uh, significant influence with people that I don't even know. So we all have a goal, and we all have work to do. And again, this is not trying to earn our salvation that we get to heaven because, oh, look at all. We're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works. Your responsibility is to obey all the Lord has given to you. Not to somebody else. I know we live in this culture where everybody's comparing everybody. Oh, he's got a bigger house, a nicer car whatever but what we need to do is we need to compare ourselves to the plumb line christ (laughs) i don't want to look like somebody else i want to look like christ i want to be like christ so your responsibility is for you we need to simply obey the lord i mean it's not that difficult it's not rocket science (laughs) what is the lord telling you and just do that Last week, my wife and I were at a restaurant, and this couple came in, and I kind of took note of them, and they went over and they sat down, and, and he was in my, they were in my vision. She had her back to me, and he was kind of facing me, and, and I don't know, I, I was just kind of drawn to them, and I, I would look over every once in a while, and, and he would kind of look my way, and you know, you look away, right? <laughs> you don't want it to get weird, you know? And so his wife goes to the restroom, I think, and she came, she came back, and, and I was just kind of there eating and thinking about them, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go pray for them. I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to get to a, a breaking point where I'm eating, and, and I'm looking over there, and I think, oh, they just got their food served. You know, that'd be kind of awkward during the middle of eating. <laughs> but, but I noticed that they had just finished their appetizer or the the first part of their meal so i go over and i just kind of kneel down and i said um i really feel impressed to pray with you guys is that okay and they kind of looked at one another and i looked at the lady and she had these big tears welling up in her eyes 
And, and he was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and I said, well, is there something I, specific I can pray with you about? And she said, yeah, my mom, Joni, she's sick. I said, okay, all right, well, uh, can I pray? And she said, and, and our four children, too. <laughs> okay, anything else? No, no. So, in fact, let's do this now. Lord God, let's pray. Pray with me. Lord God, we lift up Joni to you. We don't know what's going on in her life, but we pray for healing for her. We pray for peace for her. We pray for this couple's four children, Lord, that you would protect them and, and watch over them. And I have no idea of the salvation of these, these parents or the children, Lord, but we pray that they would come into a personal, intimate relationship with you. And we pray this prayer in the all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. And so that's, that's what happened. It was a very simple thing. And when I left, there was no fanfare. I went, hey, see you later. You know, I just walked out. There was no eye contact or anything. But I just simply obeyed what the Lord asked me to do. And how many of you have gone to see Jesus Revolution, that movie? Raise your hand. Come on, raise them up high. All right. Those of you that don't have your hands raised, you need to go see that movie. I think it's only going to be here for a few more days. Uh, but we went to see that movie, and it, it was really good. It, it really falls in line with what I've been talking about the last several weeks about preparing for more. And it talks about the revival, the Jesus revival that happened in the 70s. But um, uh, Cliff and Karen were telling me when they went to see it, before they rolled the credits, they say, hey, at, after the credits, if you'll stay, Greg Laurie, who is one of the character, one of the persons, uh, that he's a minister today. You may have heard of Greg Laurie. He has something to say. And so as I was considering that, I thought, well, when they do that, after they, they do this announcement, they roll the credits, and then Greg Laurie comes up and does a, like a salvation prayer, I thought, you know what would be cool is to go up there and just say, hey, if anybody wants prayer, we'll be out front in front of the uh, theater. I thought, that's kind of weird, but okay, I will do it. I'll do it. And then as I was watching the movie, I thought, you know, I could say, hey, if you want prayer today, we'll be out front. And also, if you'd like to gather together and let's pray for a revival in this area. And I thought, I was getting kind of excited. There, there's a little bit of trepidation there, right? Okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just being real here. But I thought, okay, I'll do it. Well, when they got to the end of the movie, they didn't say that Greg Laurie was going to come back up. They, they rolled the credits. Greg Laurie didn't come back up. The lights came on. Yeah. And there was nobody else there but us. So I didn't get up and do my thing, make any announcements. But remember, uh, I've shared this a couple of times, where, remember when I went to Walmart one day and I was walking down the aisle, uh, well before I got in there was a couple in the car and, and I was praying for them because she got out of the car real gently and I was thinking maybe she had just gotten out of surgery or something and so they go into Walmart and uh, I, I'm walking down the aisle and I notice that they're in the pharmacy area and I walk past and as I'm coming back by the Lord says pray for them and I'm walking down the aisle I'm like Lord I don't think that's you, you know, uh, I, that, and I, I argue with the Lord all the way down to the till I get to the main aisle, and then I say, "Okay, Lord," and I go back, and they're standing there, and I say, uh, "Excuse me, um, I know you don't know me, but would it be okay if I prayed for y'all?" 
And the man looks at me, and he's like, no, we're okay. And she's like, no, we're fine. I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll pray for you anyway if that's all right. So I walk out, and I'm going, okay, Lord, what was that? You asked me to stop and pray for them, and they don't want prayer, and I'm like, Meh. get out of my car, and the Lord's like, hey, your responsibility is to obey me. It's my responsibility for the results. And I'm like, oh, yes, sir, you're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Because this, these thoughts came to, into my mind while, while I was in the, in the car, and I thought, you know, they, they said they didn't want prayer, but what if, what if that was a seed that God used? That they got back in the car and they said, you know, honey, maybe we should pray. Honey, maybe we should go back to church. Hey, maybe we should seek the Lord. You know, I don't know. It's not my responsibility. It's His. My responsibility and your responsibility is to simply obey. And the results are up to Him. What if we just all did that? What if I would have said, okay, I'm not going to go down to the front of the theater because, you know, I may be rejected. Someone may think something. So what? And I think, the, I think sometimes the Lord will give us a test. There was nobody to pray for. But was I willing to do it? Yes, I was. Are you willing to do it? <laughs> our heavenly rewards are not based on our title. They're based on our obedience. Stop comparing and just do what God has called you to do because he equipped you to do those things. He didn't equip me or somebody else to do the things he's called you to do. He is the builder. That's what we're talking about today. He is the builder. He's building our lives. Are we yielding to him and allowing him that? So are you yielding your life to Jesus? It's okay to be real. <laughs> In fact, I encourage you, be real. And if you're not, say, Lord, help me to yield my life to you. My second point, Christ is a solid foundation. Make sure that you're building your life on him. My third point is be obedient to God's plan for your life. We're clay in his hands. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 7. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. Sometimes the Lord will cause us to go somewhere. Sometimes I'll be working on a sermon and I get like writer's block where I'm like, man, I, I just I feel like I'm stuck. And so I know just to put it down. And then maybe I go somewhere and I have a conversation or I get a text or I read a scripture and all of a sudden, it's like, bam, everything just opens up. And so I think this is what's happening here. The Lord tells Jeremiah, go to the potter shop, and I will speak to you there, because I have something I want to show you. So I did, as he told me, and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again. Okay, you know, I don't know what this is, but... Say this is a jar. Don't judge me. Stop it. <laughs> okay, so the potter makes this, this jar, right? And he's like, I don't really like that. I'll start over again. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. 
Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Will you choose to be clay in the potter's hand? Becoming clay in the potter's hand is tied to our relationship and our trust in him. Because we can say, well, I don't, and, you know, I don't like the way you're shaping me. I don't like the way you're molding me. This is hurtful when you pull me apart. You know, I'm stuck in, in this mold. This is how I want to look. This is what I want to do. And you want to do something different with me, Lord? You want to reshape me a little bit? You want to take some of the burrs and some of the edges off my life? The Lord goes on to share with Jeremiah, If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted and torn down and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. He's a potter. We're the clay. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Thank you for not giving me us what we deserve. God is great and greatly to be praised. And we should have no fear when we're in this relationship with him. He's a good, good father. Romans 9, 21 says, When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? Doesn't the potter have the right to do that? We've served in many different ministries. Uh, we've served in youth ministry, children's ministry. I played on multiple plays and, praise and worship teams. I loved that. I was good there. You know, that was, was a good place for me. I love to worship. I love to play drums. I love to praise God. Uh, we've we've worked with young adults, uh, mature adults. We've been on prayer teams, led prayer teams, uh, had life groups, led life groups in a church. And when I was working in industry, uh, I, I led some Bible studies, you know, where, where I just facilitated a Bible study. And we would just get together and share all different denominations, talk about the Word of God. We read through the entire New Testament at lunchtime over the years, just spending time with other believers, building those relationships, seeking God, praying together. And, you know, the thing, I guess the thing that I want to say is that we just need to be available to go out and live it. That's what God's looking for. He's not looking for perfect people. There's only one, and it's not you or me. <laughs> His name is Jesus. But God is looking for people that are pliable, that will say, you know what, it's okay if you make me into a vessel that holds trash. It's okay if you make me into a chalice for the king or whatever. Whatever you choose to do because I'm the clay and you're the potter. So my first question again, are you yielding your life to Jesus? Because that's where it begins.
Christ is a solid foundation? Are you, are you built on Christ? Or are you remaining? Are you staying on the foundation of Christ? And be obedient to God's plan for your life. It matters. It matters for you. It matters for your children, your grandchildren, people around you.